Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of a podcast in diarrhea form. High and mighty. I don't know what I'm talking about. The diarrhea of podcasts. High and mighty with me, your host, John Gabris, your boy, the number one fuck boy. The number one fuck boy. The number one fuck boy. The number one cuck boy i just like swallowed a wad of spit in the middle of that introduction as i was doing it i realized i don't know when the last time i did this was and i'm doing it poorly might i add uh joining me in the high and mighty studios is my as always my nearly silent co-host arthur gabris and my much more talkative guest comedian writer author DC Pearson. What up? What's How's up? How's it going? Bruh? That was up, really exciting. That, <laughs> that was really exciting. And I was just thinking, like, uh, you know, when you have neighbors and you like hear that you've like lived in a place long enough where you hear them do certain things, like yep. our neighbor above <laughs> us, like I hear her like rolling something. Like, I don't know if it's like exercise like equipment, a foam but I've only recently or something. realized, like, yeah, I think she's doing like, yeah, exactly. Like some sort of like rolling style exercise. <laughs> And I'm just imagining your neighbors like once a week, but like somewhat irregularly just hearing like, <laughs> the number one fuck boy. It's the number one fuck boy. And being like, oh, okay, he's doing his job. Yeah, he's doing his job. He's making a complete living. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he lives in my apartment building at this address. I just say my own address on the podcast. <laughs> Um, <laughs> DC, before we get into today's topic, yeah. which is cooking, um, I'm going to read through a couple of uh, reviews of my podcast and uh, feel free to chime in. Let me, you got it. You, you've known me for quite a while, so you can tell me if some of these are true. Uh, as always, listeners, if you rate me five stars and roast me in the comments, I will read them aloud on this podcast. Okay, here's one. Uh, call yourself a Gamorian guard again, Dr. Original Reference, by Wrecked Hog. Ron Torbus is a plus-size model who invites talented people to sit in front of him while he screams incoherently about pop culture things that only fat man babies enjoy. 
Ooh. Tune and find out if he can go 10 minutes without mentioning Long Island or his weight. Now is the point when we're supposed to be sincere and say that we actually like this podcast. I just can't bring myself to unsubscribe. I feel bad for the poor slob. Five stars. <laughs> oh, wow. So he was trying to turn the whole sincerity thing on its head. He was like, I'm seeing the Matrix on this. Yeah, he I'm knows. I'm going to be yeah. the one that's like, no. <laughs> I won't even. Do- I didn't ask them to ever get sincere. Mm. As a matter of fact, I don't want it to be sincere. I want it to be. I mean, I guess I want it to be sincerely mean. <laughs> well, this guy's defying the thing that you don't want. Fuck, dude. He, he wins. He alone. I do like the term plus size model. I think that would be my other career if I blew up as an actor. I think I would also be in like big and tall men's magazines. Wait, like. <laughs> that would that would be your if you if you blew up as an actor. I would, also, would also pick also up as a side job. Be a, like if you got a really really prestige, if you were like a well known actor. Yeah, if you I was would on like season uh, nine through ten, a Sears yeah, yeah. insert yeah. in the Sunday. Fingers uh, crossed. <laughs> next to Parade magazine, I'll hopefully be a senior citizen plus size model and make a bunch of money. Those those things such exist. a niche. There's one guy. All the other senior citizen plus size model, yeah. male plus size models, like I hate hair. Harold, <laughs> you don't you at, hate Harold? The only thing that's more specific, like the only thing that that specific helps in, is pornography. Mm. Like pornography is like people search like plus size sixty five plus Italian. You know, we, <laughs> <laughs> we meet again, Sal. <laughs> yeah, like you ever do? Like, never mind. Let's not get into search terms. All right, here's one from Dingus Khan called "Made Me Rethink My Life." John Jabroni breaks down modern life and gives a scathing tongue-in-cheek impression of an uninformed white male in the 21st century. Once you understand that he's playing a character who's not only fat, loud, smoking weed, airily, but also quick to spit racial slurs, you can appreciate the nuances of the character that really dig deep into how pitiful and disgusting the modern man is today. Make me reconsider my life, and now I can say I'm a better person for having gleaned an outside perspective of what other people see of me. Thanks, John. Your mirror to society teaches us all to be better. Five stars. <laughs> that's the that positive part is really starting to mutate and become its own thing well that was like i like what he did like he did like a fake uh mm-hmm. positive mm-hmm. but really it was like he what this is a you can't triple stamp a double stamp we're in like we're i've in, never heard that before it's from dumb and dumber like, oh, okay. you can't triple stamp a double stamp <laughs> oh right, right yeah right, yeah right, no backsies right. no backsies you know, right uh, i thought it was some improv terminology <laughs> yeah. that i missed out on like yeah, i missed I'm that too, day of my you never took my uh don't triple stamp you never took my workshop at the class. The class is slowly starting to realize. It's like, he's just saying lines from Dumb and Dumber. All right. Uh, big gulps, huh? Okay. All right. Here's This is from Jurassic Narc. Cool name. Uh, the Sound of Diabetes Happening. If you could buy diarrhea in stores, join Graboid would certainly be its spokesman. High and Mighty is a show where the voice of racism somehow convinces funny people to sit down with him so he can shout over their jokes and tell stories about random things he's eaten. I'm giving this show a star for every time I hate it. Okay, I like that. Um, Interesting. <laughs> the voice of racism, I would the say, voice is a touch of <laughs> I will stand by and say I say some... Uh, cheeky things once in a while, but I don't know if I want to stand up in 2017 and be the voice, the voice of racism. Of, yeah. There's a lot of competition for that job. Yeah, I don't want to be like get an accidental following of actual racists. No, <laughs> no. yeah, there's like there there. Uh, Do you ever read the Vonnegut book Mother Night? No, I it haven't. is. I feel like so insanely relevant for for 2017, and basically the it's about a dude who is like a 
allied spy and he goes undercover within the Nazis and basically becomes a like Nazi propaganda minister. But it's like, but he's feeding our side so much information. But in the meantime, as his job is just like spewing Nazi propaganda and the whole kind of the message of the book is like, you are what you pretend to be, so be careful what you pretend to be. Oh, shit. And I feel like that is just like 2017. If you're listening, Anthony Atamanik. <laughs> oh, if you're fuck. not so super busy, Anthony Atamanik, uh, tonight is the premiere of your show. <laughs> But keep it he's mind. on the third day of like a, a 24 hour a day press tour and he's uh, like yeah, i'm just yeah. gonna take a break <laughs> yeah, take a break get Listen out of makeup so i can like, put these earbuds in you ever hear, <laughs> read mother night at Tamanik. <laughs> it's like playing backwards <laughs> for some reason <laughs> um love love a good vonnegut book totally. i don't think i've read Absolutely. i actually might have read it because i've read like eight when i everybody has a von i feel like you most people have a vonnegut like binge yeah and then you're like and then kind that. of uh i i do that too frequently where i binge on uh similar uh authors sure. or like read five books in the clerics quintet series or whatever you know Is from that a real uh, that's a real one oh, okay, from good. i think i believe r.a salvatore one of my favorite authors uh and i powered through it and then it's like what the fuck what book ha what happens in what book like all of a sudden oh, they yeah. all start to blend no, totally. together yeah. yeah like when you watch like 12 episodes of a show and you're like i, I was just i was just thinking about that yesterday i think because i'm like i don't know if they're gonna if it's gonna come out all at once or if they're releasing it one at a time but like the the um the handmaid's tale or the handmaiden's tale yeah like the hulu, hulu series or whatever and i was just thinking about like so many so many shows now that are streaming where it's like they're they're meant to sort of like come out all at once and then be watched like that saturday after right. they come out like the entire series be ready to and just talk how about it's gonna it sort of Monday, like yeah. affect or if people have started yet thinking about like if they talk about it in writers' rooms, like, oh well, this will be the part of the day where everyone's ordering Thai food. Yeah, you know, this <laughs> is like episode four <laughs> where they finally decided, okay, we're going to achieve escape velocity on this. We're not going to go to our friends' brunch thing. We're actually just going to stay yeah. in and watch the show. <laughs> Episodes so four through six, we can cruise. This is someone watching this two in the morning, way yeah. past they should be going to sleep. They have an early. And how will that affect the decisions we have this character make? I think I heard on a podcast, and I forget which one. Uh, maybe it might have been uh damon lindelof on script notes on john august podcast but so he was they were saying something to the effect of like the showrunner sh like the next step should be the showrunner should pick how you watch it you know what i mean like once mm, it's all dropping at all the same time right, you're gonna right, have to be right. like okay stranger things that's like a six hour movie drop it all at once but then you're like right. hold on what about for bosh on amazon should we maybe right. put this out week uh week and like by drip week? it out a little bit yeah. or you could do like six and then six for right. a season yeah imagine something. you built that into like the story where you have like a cliffhanger mid-season and you could put out six episodes then put that out that would be cool and then wait one month and put right. out another six but in that month you right. hope that you get that or vibe. even like oh, you you gotta find out what happens yeah, yeah or like take a page out of beyonce's book and like just go like i'm gonna do it in like the middle of the night or like yeah. early in like the morning like stranger things for like a pretty much was that because netflix didn't put any show. put any ads out or anything right. it was like it just dropped it was right like, oh okay yeah that would be so imagine t a tv show or a movie came out that you just didn't know about like it would be so like nice. a surprise like yeah. if they just released like a 10 surprise Cloverfield Lane kind of was that it yeah. was a little yeah. bit yeah no exactly. one knew they were making a sequel to it right yeah yeah which is cool and it's also like how 
And then, but then you see like, which I feel like you see in music where it's like, then there's all these like people that try to do it where it's like, then some sort of like fourth tier hip hop group is like, we're dropping a surprise album. It's like, no, but people have to care that it's a surprise. It's like, I guess we've both done probably a lot of surprise projects if that's the criteria. Yeah. I mean, if if it's just coming out to no one knowing about it, my whole career has been a surprise up to and including myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, that would be fuck awesome. Like drop six episodes, huge cliffhanger, and then it's like two weeks, and then the second six episodes come out. But in those two weeks, that word of mouth gets a bunch of people to go like, well, I'll just oh, it's only six. I'll watch it yeah. and be ready for the next six. I don't know. Yeah. It is everything is very there's so much of everything, which is a very lame uh, observation to make, but it is just like like everything is just requires such a huge everything is alternately way too truncated and short and stupid and requires way too much of a commitment. Right? Like why is <laughs> why is there no middle ground? Why are there no just middle things? <laughs> I just want to watch something that doesn't affect me positively or negatively. Right. Yes. <laughs> I want a the gray blanket shows. as a yeah. TV show. <laughs> Actually, no. My girlfriend and I have been watching um, all of Real Housewives of New York. I think that's what that is. Really? It's just like I never really paid attention to any of the Real Housewives whatsoever for years. And then suddenly it's just like, oh, there's like eight seasons of it. And this is wonderful. <laughs> We're like a season and a half from being caught up. Oh, I think. man. I can't bring myself to watch that stuff. It's really good. And I mean, New York is good in particular, I think because because I have some friends that are were like into it and were like, no, it, they were like, we like all of them, but like if you had to just watch one, New York would be it because it's kind of like, first of all, it starts and it's like right at the beginning of the financial crisis. Oh, shit. So it's like all of these like super rich New York society think- people kind of realize being like, <laughs> So are the long knives coming or like what's happening? You know what uh, I mean? But but Jesus. like mostly just being clueless and out of touch and sort of being like and and just being like, well, we're affected, too. I mean, we had to really scale back this drinks thing <laughs> yeah. or whatever. It's, and that's uh, sort the, of delightful. The Bellinis no longer contain fresh peach. Right. I'm and sorry. From, from what I understand, like I haven't watched this season, but somebody I saw somebody saying on Twitter, they were like, I'm getting PTSD from like watching this one housewife who's kind of like cool and used to be a journalist and whatever being like totally. Oh, by the way, this is the most totally high mighty thing ever. For... You're in the middle of a story. There's like a skateboard <laughs> and a dog barking also, and my windows are open. <laughs> and the story has nothing to do with what we set out to yeah, talk about. We're we supposed to be talking about cooking. It's, it's minute 41. <laughs> And this is the most. It's a, this is peak high and mighty. Yep. Arthur, Arthur is like worked up to a lather of. But no, I never. I never thought I would like uh, uh, Real Housewives, and it's delightful. All I. I mean, I think as 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 fans of comedy and we're taught or like writers of comedy and we're taught like, oh, your character should have like a game. They should have like a thing that's like their deal. Story editors that's what that and show editors is. have exactly. that shit. Yes, so, yeah. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Because they start like it, with real world sort of set the tone of like the gay guy, the problem person, the slut, the blank. Right. You know what I mean? And then it's just like. Anytime you smash cut to them in a confessional, it's like, say the premise of your fucking character right now. It's like, right. I'm just here to smash. Yes. It's like, okay. Which has been, again, uh, talk about cliche observations, but I feel like then that's sort of like fed back into society in terms of like everybody having to have a personal brand. Oh, like with social media, like even <laughs> children are just like, what's my thing? Like, how am I like defining 
myself. What's- <laughs> you know, you're, you're preaching to the choir. Right. I'm about ready to just be, I was saying this to someone the other day, just start calling myself Johnny Long Island and do some sort of like Larry the Cable Guy <laughs> type and just like lean into that and have like a fucking, and I bet, and I'm nervous to say that I maybe would be more successful. Oh yeah, no, I think there is a real, well it does kind of, I mean this, I guess and I'm, maybe And this- I'm edging clo- towards yeah, sure, that already sure, sure. in my that. own in my own real actual brand. I think that's, that, that actually does kind of segue I think into the topic because I was talking to my girlfriend about like, oh, I'm going to do Gabrus's podcast and we're going to talk about cooking. And it's been something that I've like hadn't had never done. And then in the past, like three, four years I started doing and I love it and it's the best. And then but I think something that happens as again, like comedians or writers or whatever or actors, like if you like something, especially now when anything can be hashtag content yeah there is this temptation to like should i be that guy you should know I what be, i mean uh, like, yeah the, like where it's like should i if i were somebody where it's like oh, okay i'm like you know i've been in some things that comedy fans like and i've written some things uh, that yeah. people like i have like a small collection of people that are like checking for what i do but if I made it like I'm the this person. Right. All of a sudden you're like, you I'm enter. the appetizer boy, DC Pearson. <laughs> that sounds like it's a that sounds Welcome a- back to the appetizer Appet- hour. <laughs> appetizer boy sounds like something that you get if you're trying to throw that like event at the end of Taken where they're yeah. like auctioning off <laughs> yeah. women. It's like, we need well, two- of course, we'll oh, yeah, it's like a Stefan thing. <laughs> and of course there's. <laughs> appetizer boys everywhere <laughs> but um but yeah where it's like where you feel like oh if i were to if i if, what if if i committed to something like that it doesn't necessarily have to be cooking would that be where you can then suddenly enter the realm of people who have a quarter of a million twitter followers but you've never heard of them right you know what i mean where you're like who's this person but it's like they have they're like they have a name for their yeah you're like you should see their twitch following it's 1.6 million and you're like i don't know yeah dude you see that kind of now there's like the uh second uh uh coming of people uh making podcasts yeah because there was like um, or maybe the fifth coming, really. Right, but right, I guess right. I, if we're using just our friend friend group, mm-hmm. I was in like the fourth coming of people who made right, it. Right, right, and now right, there's right. like, everyone's like, well, here's something I talk about with my friends anyway, you know? And it's like, yeah. that's what I did a year totally. and a half ago or however long ago. I was like, I just want to talk to my friends about shit. And then it's all like, oh, should I make a podcast about Because in our business, it's almost like, the only thing that's going to make me do this is if it's like, like it feels like less of a hobby now and feels like right. work. Now it feels right. like I'm moving towards something at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for sure. Exactly. Especially when that being like- said, so high and mighty fans, shitheads <laughs> come out to mine and DC's pop up restaurant. <laughs> We're at the Venice boardwalk on Saturday Sundays, slinging we, Cuban burritos. We don't have a permit. Please don't Hurry, tell the health get department. There early. <laughs> We've been raided by the precogs at the health department, a D um, they it came down on their little off ball. Of just a picture of the two of us. <laughs> just, just on beard hairs alone. Errant beard hairs alone. All right, these guys need. Uh, one time for guy code and unaired segment, I went to a butcher shop and butchered a pig, and Whoa. they made me wear a hairnet and a beard net. A real thing. Wow. So I had like a little gray, little stocking around my chin and That face. must happen a lot. Yeah. I feel like a lot of dudes with beards are butchering a lot of pigs. Yeah, I these mean, are guys Austin who are like. Austin is a city after all. <laughs> yeah. Austin is a neck. You know, what happens when you let a thousand barbers move to one city? <laughs> <laughs> 
Every uh, L.A. barber looks like uh, an Austin, uh, just an Austin resident. For sure. Yeah. And they're w- wearing so many layers of suspenders. Every time you take <laughs> one of the layers off, you're like, more? My pants will never fall down. <laughs> so, but we want to talk about cooking because it's something, like you said, you just recently got into. Yeah. And I and I got into it a while ago, but it all, I think it often coincides with cohabitation. Yes, which you pointed out before we turned the mics on and I was like, oh shit, he's totally right. And there's no way I would have, probably no way I would have would have found it otherwise. I mean, I'll never know. Because it's weird to cook for just yourself, yeah, to be honest, because sure. it's like, this is a waste of time. This right. is like, there's so much effort that goes into making, but if you make it for yourself and one other person, all of a sudden, it, yeah. it's, well, I mean, it's like, like an, an act of kindness, a, yes. a like, uh, it's a work of art, it's like an exchange, like, there's so many things that happen when you sit down for a meal with someone that one of you cooked, or with a group of people that one of you cooked, or everyone cooked. Oh, definitely. Yeah, well, it's almost like, um, I remember in, uh, in like level one improv class at UCB, Owen Burke, my teacher being like, it, the reason you listen in improv is not just because that's a fun thing to say. Oh, listen, in improv, it's so important. Listening so important. He was like, and this was something that that honestly could can definitely also put you in your head like as a person, but also I think is a very good thing to be mindful of in general is like, he was like, the reason you listen is because you don't know what you're doing. You think you know what you're doing. You think you know how you're coming across. You think you know what you're giving off, but it's not until you look to the other person or how they're reacting to you yeah. that you can really like get a sense of it. Like it's oh, almost like a sort of weird, selfish, like rand sort of argument for listening. It's it's like it's not about the other person. It's about you. What right? Are you, doing? you need to know like how am I coming yeah, across? So, and then you look. At and the I thought that was interesting, but I think like with cooking it's like yeah it's kind of like when you cook and i've definitely like made things that only i end up eating and it's fun and it's nice and whatever but it is like without that other at least one other person there to be like is this good like and watching them eat or you know what i mean like you sort of don't have that level of feedback right and also it's like saying something funny when you're watching a uh, movie by yourself or watching like you know you're in your apartment you hear which is it. why they invented twitter yeah yeah you, so you <laughs> could be like oh i just made this uh, canny observation all alone in my apartment about this uh heartburn commercial <laughs> not anymore no disrespect to john flynn who does this as sort of as an art project every yes. friday live tweets a movie but people who are like i'm watching this movie in my house right now and i'm gonna live tweet it i'm like who is this for? And I mean, I guess I've done shit right. like that too, where I'm like, I'm watching ballistics, you know, uh, X sever. versus sever. <laughs> Here's a screenshot. Yeah. What's this guy in the corners deal? Yeah, Whereas normally you'd be like, I hope my friend is over and we're both drunk. So I can be like, what's this guy in the corners. Right. Deal? And now I'm in a situation where like, we're at the age where it's like, sometimes a group of friends get together to watch a movie mm-hmm. or to watch something. And all of a sudden it's like, this is, so much better than Twitter. <laughs> this is oh, so fun. hundred percent. And then that's what podcasting became for yeah. me. I was like, I just want to talk to my friend. Hey, Arthur. Sorry, Arthur's getting all wound <laughs> up and trying to hump DC. Cheech, get down. He's all right. He's all right. He's getting all keyed up, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, for sure. But I think it is like, and I, I and I think that has like its good sides and its bad sides. I, I was listening to an interview with um, uh, Ruth Rachel. Reichel, Rachel, former, uh, she was the food uh, critic for the New York Times for a oh, long time. Yeah, and she know. famously like went to the same restaurant in a bunch of different disguises and then published a thing that was like, she published like two different reviews side by side. And one was like, here's how they treat you when they assume you're like a rich lady from the Upper East Side. Here's how they treat you when you're like an old bag lady, basically, effectively. And it was oh, almost weird, shit. this weird, almost kind of like 
social justice project at the same time as it was like a food review. Oh, that's really so cool. cool. She's awesome. Anyway, but she was talking about, I was listening to an interview with her um, and she was talking about like rediscovering cooking like at home because she was like, I haven't done it for so many years because she was like this magazine editor. Yeah, of, and she like, had to eat. Not Bon Appetit, but like uh, I can't, I, I can't think of it like gourmet magazine or something. I think they like got rid of for no reason. And then she was like, so now I'm actually starting to cook again. And she was like, Twitter actually really helped with that because then like, if I have a question or I have this or that or the other, I can like tweet and people are like, Oh, and then suddenly we're having this conversation. Yeah, And all her followers really cool. are foodies. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Which is like really cool. So she's like, so it turned it from this solitary act into like, and I think writers have found that in authors and like you see people like fucking Essie Hinton who wrote The Outsiders is yeah. on Twitter and she's like a huge fan of the show Supernatural. <laughs> so, so most of her cool. tweets I just don't understand because she's just like a huge like Supernatural <laughs> fan or whatever. Supernatural and Prison Break are those shows that I've never seen a, a, a second of right. that I know have huge followings yes. but I don't know anyone who also likes them. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it's not even like something I've caught one episode nope. of in a hotel room nope. like a plethora of other shows. Nope. This is something I've never even been able to find (laughs) (laughs) yeah like culture used to just be one dimension and now it's like all of these like side by side dimensions that exist completely parallel of each (laughs) other and you pretty much can't you get glimpses into the other ones and you're mostly just like yeah but but so I, i i understand that on a certain level and i think that's weird the weird tension where i'm at now is i like i really like it i enjoy it but it's not a part of my like quote unquote persona. Yeah. And that's sort of weirdly nice where it's like, I don't like it. It basically, I was like, had this weird revelation with it where I was saying to my girlfriend, I was like, yeah, it's weird. Like I just like, I like think about it all the time and I really look forward to it. And like, I, I like, can't wait for the weekend when I get to like do more of it. And she was like, you're describing a hobby. Yeah. That's what a hobby is. You're like, ooh, <laughs> we have off all day Saturday. Let's go pick up this big thing. Let's cook this big project. Yeah. Exactly. My, uh, for me, Tiff, my wife is food obsessed. So everything, like her parents owned a restaurant when she was growing up. Oh, that's so, amazing. Yes. Yeah, we've, uh, we've both worked in restaurants or bars like our whole lives. So she's really into food and she's a very good cook. So I have this weird thing where I don't actually get to cook that much, but I'm also... No, I'm not good at it, but I love it. So the things I like to do, I've gotten good at from either assisting her or saying I'll take care of it. And then it's become my thing. Like right. my spinach comes out better. You know what I mean? Because I've right. like because those on, skills are like overdeveloped. Yes, exactly. Sure. Because it's like, oh, this guy's really good at this one thing because that's what I've been le- letting him do. So I've got like a weird skill. And then when Tiffany's out of town, I'm like, oh, here are like the five things I know how I can cook really well. And then I make them for myself. And then I don't try anything f- crazy with her because she's so particular. I don't want to fuck up any food. She always likes what I make. But then I'll when she's out of town, it's like, OK, let's see if buffalo steak makes sense. And like, you know, I'll just do it something it? insane. It did. <laughs> it made too much sense. Shout out to that. It was actually me and Justin Tyler cooked sliced steak in buffalo sauce in Whoa. a pan. And it was f- with butter and uh, buffalo sauce. And it was fucking awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, that sounds buffalo great. Buffalo beef. It was disgusting and awesome. At the that's same one. Time. That's yeah. that's one thing that's on the pop up yeah. uh, menu. There you go. <laughs> Buffalo, that's the high mighty Buffalo pop-up. beef. <laughs> Enjoy yourself some carne asada buffalo flavor. Yeah, I, I it, um, it is like, I, it, it's interesting. I feel like I was, another thing that I was, I remember I was talking to her about when I was like, I'm going to come do this podcast. I was like, I, I was like, I just like it so much. I want other people to like it, but I feel like I remember what it was like 
before I did it. And there's so many barriers to entry. And yeah. also like when you, it's almost weirdly parallel to like politics and like liberal politics in this weird way where you'll read like people online, like wondering like, like very well-intentioned people, I feel like being like, but wait, like, when we go to articulate this to people who don't agree with us, how do we approach it? Like, do we just yell at them or do we are like, or, or is yeah. that like, that's probably kind of alienating. Don't we want to get people on our side? Isn't it democracy? Whatever. And I feel like it was like, weirdly, I was like, I don't want to be a bad like advocate for it. Right. Or I remember being mean, being like, well, that's easy for you to say, but blah, 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 blah. When blah. we were, when we were just talking about doing the episode about cooking, there was an element where both of us were like, but we are. I feel weird being a guy talking about. Like I feel right. like I, you know, part of the problem with this podcast is like I'm not that informed on that many right, things. Right, right, right. So oh, like, for sure. Well, and I'm like that, I'm uncomfortable I mean, having this conversation about well, cooking, but it is something. I'm, I would sit down and talk about cooking with you right. for an hour, especially because like I, food is so personal, and so like I imagine like food writers and people that write about food for a living. I imagine like you probably get some, or you just when you read the comments on a recipe or whatever, yeah. like you, you and it just intersects with so many different things, but like. So like talking about it publicly is like weirdly nerve wracking, but also like she was just like, you don't, I guess that's just where my brain goes. She was like, you don't have to like worry about, you can just talk about you like it. Like you right. don't have to, <laughs> but my brain does immediately just in the same way that it goes like, should this be my thing? It also well, goes your like bullshit detector is too high for other people. So then when you turn it on yourself, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, right, I'm unable exactly. to, exactly. I'm technically unable to do anything based on the, uh, how little uh, room for error I give, I give anyone else. <laughs> So for myself, I should ostensibly be not allowed to do almost yeah, right. anything. It's a, I'm exactly. certainly a dish it out, but exactly. will I ever take it? Oh yeah, for sure, it. exactly. Yeah. Where it's like, and you know that, like that, you, you, and you definitely see other people, or like when you can tell somebody's like just getting into something, like they're just getting into movies, or they're just yeah. getting into this, that, or the other, and you remember being that, and you see them articulate something, or kind of like maybe even just be younger than you, and so yeah. they're like, if they say, I, I can't even think of a good example, but if they basically are like, they're acting. Like, you know, like, oh, well, this really started with Nirvana. And you yeah. you know in your head, like, no, that didn't start with Nirvana. It started with whatever. And you're so wary of being that person. Our I inner guess. comic book uh, record comic, store comic book uh, guy, film yes. snob. Jack Black, High Fidelity. Yeah, sort you just of like can't. Comes out. Like, he just is, like, ready to. Like, I'm always, like, ooh, hold on. <laughs> if you would like that right. movie, wait till you see. And I'm like. I was there once too, and I would have wrote off the first person who came over. Yeah. To me so I was thinking about it, and I was like, okay, well, I think like my, if I had to, if I could like identify like my development in cooking, it would be like just so ever, ever. So if like I say something that like doesn't make sense or like does isn't right or isn't like <laughs> true or is like stupid or clueless. Uh, um, I think uh, you get a blanket uh, excuse from the listeners of this podcast. Yeah, you would hope, right? You would don't you would think that they're not coming here for this is all alternative facts, right? <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Topical. You are the voice of racism. <laughs> um, but so, oh my God, Arthur just farted. Oh, really good. It was brutal. real. Yeah, yeah. He's but got, it was like it wasn't like um, it was definitely identifiable as a fart, which I feel like sometimes dog farts. You're just like that is like that's a weird a ass. small industrial explosion like a prison planet just imploded <laughs> Artie has been farting but that was like wrecking as long as we've had him and it was disgusting and then one day we were watching like a Nat Geo thing <laughs> mm. about Boston Terriers and we uh -huh. found out that snub-nosed dogs have worse farts because really? they Why? get so much air in when they eat 
Whoa. They get gassy because oh, wow. they, so they, they their snout doesn't as good. More. Yeah, they just oh, fart more. That makes me like it. You, you know what's more. really funny? And he also just turned and gave me a look like, right? Yeah, if if he farts and you actually, before saying anything else, just go like, oh, he'll visit. And this is all projection, obviously. <laughs> but he'll be like ashamed. Like he'll oh. like put his head down and get out. And then sometimes if Tiffany gets out of bed before me, obviously she has like important things to do. Right. Not scream about cooking with a friend. Um, like if I fart under the covers, he'll like go like oh and like scramble oh, out no. of the bed. Yeah, it's really funny. I like, learned hey, it man, from watching you, fucking, you. Yeah, you've been farting all fucking night. <laughs> I fart once, and you got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. We hate so, we hate the most in others what we recognize in ourselves. Oh, but right. at any rate, let's chart. Um, let's chart. Yes. Your oh yeah. So I would say basically, I'm like if if it were a sci-fi movie, I'm like an android. That was programmed to mimic humanity and is maybe just now discovering its like sentience. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> kind of on the verge of the singularity, <laughs> but I'm still very just like, I, I feel like it, I'm very like married to the recipe and I'm just like, I want to do this right. Oh, because if okay. I, if I don't, follow the recipe and then it gets screwed up i'm gonna be like why did i do that i'm such an idiot you know what i mean so i'm very like i'm still very largely like on the rails uh, and having seen okay, other but that's, people like but like are you are you tackling new recipes are you like hey i want to try to make pork loin or whatever you know are you like um, i would say yeah i would say like to a certain degree i am i would say i would say sometimes you run up against sort of like time or work factors yeah, or yeah. you're sort of like falling back on things that you know how to do but when i get the chance i do like to do things that are like a little more ambitious or whatever yeah but um i i I recently for like i think like the beginning of the year um my uh friends got me this um uh for christmas got me this book called 101 easy asian recipes which was the first like cookbook from this like food magazine called Lucky Peach. Yeah, I know Lucky Dave Peach. Dave Chang from Momofuku and um, my uh, former guest and friend Zach Brooks has been uh, was uh, yes. been written a bunch of things for Lucky, totally. uh, Lucky Peach. Totally. And um, this dude Peter Meehan, who used to like be like a food critic for the New York Times, like it's like their thing. And oh, Meehan, cool. Like mostly wrote the cookbook, and basically like the approach to it is pretty cool, where it's basically like the title's meant to be sort of flip, where it's like we realize how fucking insane it is to say like to take a thing and be like 101 easy Asian recipe. Yeah, like, yeah. Asia is this giant <laughs> yeah, it's like, continent, this impossible Russia, India. Containing like <laughs> so many different sort of like interpretations and so, so many different cultures and whatever. But it's sort of basically like, it's like their distillation of sort of like an Americanized view or like how America views Asian food. So it has like their take on like quote unquote like mall chicken, which oh. is like their like general so's chicken or whatever. But then it also has like you're like, I am cooking some like things that like to me feel authentic because I know nothing about these like cultures. Pho, and, and so you're it is like, literally this yeah, is what exactly. the Vietnamese like people a slow eat. Cooker yeah. Pho yeah. And, there and stuff like that, <laughs> where it's basically being like it's sort of like this is the shortest distance between like you and something and and cooking it and something that you can genuinely recognize as like this tastes like uh, that dish cool. that I've had before and I did it at home. How cool is that? This is like a, or it'll be like, hey, there's tons of recipes out there for like easy pad thai. 
Pad Thai is honestly not something that you can do, quote unquote, easily and have it be that good. But Pad CU is like actually kind of uh, I love, easy to do I'm at a, home. And like, I like Pad CU even better. Oh, it's yeah. the best. Yeah, exactly. So and I like, think that makes me like a, a really exotic Thai. <laughs> know, right. But oh, you're is, a Pad Thai guy? Right, 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 I'm right. right. a Pad CU. Yeah, right. Exactly. But it is the like, it is the like, oh, you like Akira. Well, I like Ghost in the Shell yeah, or right. whatever, where yeah. it's like the second thing yeah. you like after getting into and something. And it's still even like <laughs> anyone who actually watches anime is like you haven't even touched on wind ninja chronicles and you're like oh fuck again please yeah. tell me that's a real one <laughs> i believe it okay is. awesome yeah. <laughs> um but uh so that was kind of a really cool like thing to just like fall into and i think that was the first like cookbook i've really liked and so i think now i'm sort of more on a like cookbook kind of path where it's like okay rather than just sort of like piecemeal getting recipes from the internet being excited about them putting them in a folder in my email that i'll probably forget about and maybe sending them to my girlfriend and being like we should make this and <laughs> right. then again forgetting about it like <laughs> and then making like, like the same dish that you know you like that you have in the fridge that you make like we have like three dishes that we make more than three times a month you know what i mean like we have like what are they heavy rotation one is uh uh well here here, here i'll give a quick backstory into please i got into cooking when i got into dieting when I went to go, when I went to sure. go paleo a few sure. years ago, when I was really into working out, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta have eggs and something right. for breakfast. I can't have just yeah, like a random right. bowl of cereal." So then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Ooh, I make an omelet. Oh, right. all right, hold on, that doesn't work when you make an omelet. Make sure you do it like this. Right. I'll put." And then all of a sudden, I'm very, I'm good at breakfast, and like, and yeah. it's like. Oh, I learned how to cook lean meat and vegetables all the time. And I'm right. like, oh, I can make chicken. I can do this. I can do all these things now. And then like from there, I expanded it out to more and more fun stuff. But I started by learning literally cooking right. for myself. And like my wife is a normal person. She's not excited by the fact that's like, hey, for dinner, do you want a giant sweet potato and a giant steak? That's what I'm having. And she's like, that's unappealing. There's nothing special. But she would like that normally, but I right. I could eat that four nights a week. Right. So I got into it that way. And then I started like expanding out from well, there. Yeah, that's interesting. But it is kind of like, I, I, it's something that I was like thinking about. And it's kind of the same reason that like they they say like, sometimes as a weird way into dieting or even just like this in and of itself can be a diet or just an approach to food. They're like, if you want to lose weight, like take a picture of every meal and like, that's it. Like just take like, which yeah. a lot of people do for their Instagrams anyway, right. but it's meant to be a way for like literally everything you eat, take a picture of it. Take a moment. And it's just as yeah. like a weird, like almost like mindfulness trick where it's just like, just think about what you eat. Like just right. think about it. That's it. Cause there is so much, I think weirdness to, how we eat where it's just like something that you shove in your face over the sink, like in between right. things. And if it, you, t whereas if you take a picture of it, you're taking a moment to be like, I'm putting this into my body now. Right. And I feel like so often you're like, I ate so healthy today. You're like, Oh, right. At 4 PM, I had five leftover breakfast sausages, cold, with my hands standing up right all right, yes. oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like sausages over paper towel again sir <laughs> no joke like at like five o'clock i was like oh i'll probably eat after dc leaves i'm kind of hungry now i just went to the fridge we happen to have some cold cuts and i ate like four handfuls of roast beef and just right. came, and i'm like okay well and then, you've like, discussed on uh, previously i feel like cold cuts for you is like a whole different thing yeah, that's like yeah. I'm that was more like that was sort of like a culture that was like currency yeah, or something yeah. that was where like the spice must flow <laughs> but instead it's like spice is everything salami. <laughs> yeah. yeah we got to get the genoa salami to the outer district right but again but, <laughs> <laughs> but again it does like i think it 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 
cooking, I think, makes you, if it does nothing else, it kind of makes you think about food or it makes you think about what you're eating, right, which right. is really cool. Some people hate it. They have complete contempt for it, like weird Silicon Valley people that are like, I only want to do, like, I, 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 fuel I, only, fuel I only want yeah. fuel. Exa yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, That's people that are like, ah, finally, hooray, Soylent. I wish it could just be a pill. Like, yeah. I don't, I completely don't understand that. For me, food is like yeah. so emotional. For sure. So like cooking it and eating like homemade food yeah. is like the healthiest financially and uh, biologically way to like right. indulge, quote unquote, totally. or to like have like so like that's what it's become now as you try to be healthier and get old. Uh, something we were both we were both kind of dancing around uh, talking about our food progress is also. We're both in our like early to mid thirties. Yep. Mm -hmm. You start making a little bit more money. Right. You start cohabitating maybe yep. with a significant other. You have maybe have a bigger space than you've had previously. Mm -hmm. You have literally eaten at every restaurant. Like you've done you did take I mean, we both lived in New York for over a day. Right. Like you did take out right. for Ten meals a week for yes, five exactly. years. Or it's, it's like, like, or it's like we've also either lived with or worked with Dominic Dirkus, yeah. so we've both like had like gone and like ordered out from the same places and eaten the same thing like five yeah, days in a row. Eating like, with like a robot I remember what that he used doesn't to leave cook. With. Yeah, it's like he's gotten into it now. He's yeah, but again he, through cohabitation. Again, he's an adult. But it's like but but yeah. but I feel like and I was and that's not to say like he was the one influencing me to do that. It was like a mutual thing. Like I remember when I used to live with Dom and our sort of like mid to early late 30 or 20s like just like we used to live next to the oaks gourmet so we would like in in hollywood like eat near oaks ucb four days so a week, i would right? eat yeah exactly and my girlfriend has told me since she was like i remember when we first started dating being like hor silently horrified and a little bit like what well, does he like have it like that that he like eats out at like the oak like which is like the not, is not the most cheap, expensive the thing yeah. but it's not cheap yeah exactly it is like for like a random lunch counter yeah, place yeah, it's yeah. like super expensive and also i didn't have it like that like no. i was just that's what i was spending yeah. money on and also then you realize and then like, i was like at the end of the year being like i did stuff why don't i have any money it's like because you're spending it like an idiot you're you spending 21 dollars on every meal yeah exactly that's you not it's fine and it's good but it's not even like it's not that good right if you distributed distributed it a little bit differently and thought about it a little bit differently you could have like yeah and ate at bestia one night yeah. <laughs> and then exactly like, yeah. yes exactly <laughs> which which is again not something that you really i really started thinking about like going out to dinner as a thing in and of itself almost the same way as you would think about as like a concert or a whatever right which is again you go back to like you Zach just Brooks used who to you've had on a bunch that's kind of the thesis of like his old podcast yeah. was like sort of like as you get older like the priorities shift a little bit and food sort of or it, it can it doesn't have to right but like takes up this new place that's that that like certain event things where it would be like yo we're all gonna go see blink 182 and then yeah it becomes now it's like, like hey guys that fun clay pot noodle place opened up here's an email of eight friends which six of us can make oh, it the yeah. best yes right exactly and that's the shit i want and did you go like when you were living in new york we we never really had like we were never at the level of adulthood in new york um, but did you have like restaurants that you like hit or like you were like, oh, me and my girl or me and friends, we heard that we got to try this place and we're like seeking it out or Not did really. that come really? I, that, yeah. come re that came really pretty much with L.A. I feel yeah. Like. And I came at like the tail end of New York for me. Like once I was kind of married to because like for a while, I was just like whatever we could make. or And then it was all of right. a sudden like 
oh, we should get this place. Hey, someone told me that this place is actually really good. Because right. I was living in uh, Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn, which had like a bunch of cool. And it's yeah. like someone's like, oh, you think that pizza's good? You should try that. And then you're like, well, hey, how about this Saturday? Right. We trek out to this place. You know? I feel like I never really transcended beyond, for the most part, the sort of like pizza, bagel, deli right. sandwich, kind of like that. I'm trying to think of if there was like, I think like, when my dad would come into town when I was in college, he would be like, okay, where I'm, I will take you out. Where do you want to go? Yeah. And having to like really quickly Google a place like, <laughs> ar- like around NYU. Nice. Right, and you're, and you know you're what I mean? Picking like, a place you want to go to yeah. at a place, but like, but I had, I hadn't really been like, that would be a place I would want to go. I right. would more just like walk by everything and it would just be a part of the sort of general pastiche of envy right. that I felt about everything. Like, oh, it'd like, be cool that's a nice it- apartment. That's a cool restaurant. That's a cool yeah. bar, but not going like, it wasn't like specifically I would like to eat there. That seems cool. I right, know about right. that yeah. chef or whatever. Yeah. Moving into New York City from wherever you may be from is already a huge food shock where you're like, uh, for not super cheap, but not expensive, you can eat really interesting. Like you could be like, I never even heard of banh mi till I moved to the city. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. I didn't exactly. have Thai food until yes. Nick Ross and Derek Nason introduced it to me in level right. three. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool though, too, because you would have friends that like, I had this friend in college who was just like, he was just like, I don't like spending more than $3 on lunch, but we're going to go get like the best meal you can get for $3 or whatever. Yeah. And it was true. Or like my girlfriend talks about like her and her friends, like they also, she also went to NYU and, and going like, okay, we're going to go get super high and then we're going to go down wait, to Chinatown wait, your, and get like- Your girlfriend went to NYU? Yeah, totally. At this, at any overlap? After in me, you? no. Oh. Literally, <laughs> literally like she started like- the year after I graduated. That's so funny. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, no overlap whatsoever. So it's like, we have like very similar experiences and then also very different experiences. So interesting. Yeah. It's Um, like a weird shared thing. Yeah. And she was in like an improv group that I had been in. And then I like coached their improv group once when she had just started in it. So I vaguely knew her like over the course of years, but then we didn't really like, connect until much later yeah because you were both living out here for a little bit too before you really Well, no we actually like um uh we started we sort of like started being like we we like basically like hooked up like like when i would be back in new york when she was still there cool but you were like we can't really do exactly yeah right exactly and so it was sort of like we would like talk on the phone and whatever and then like it's been only been recounted to me later these like long periods of her like thinking I was a dick and me just remembering it as like I'm cool yeah. you know what I mean like oh I like this girl back in New York I'll kiss her while I'm there bye <laughs> yep yep which is pretty amazing like it's like weird it's like a it's weird cool that sort she's of now like your girlfriend. it's like a weird sort of like Tarantino structured movie where it's like now we're gonna see it from this person's perspective right. and going like oh wow oh yeah huh fuck that's cool um I highly recommend someone have someone recommend count the other side of your 20s to you sometime oh, god. it's really uh, oh god you don't want yeah you don't want to <laughs> where I, you're like where you're like i thought i was cool but i was like a mm, an eighth patrick Bateman. yeah oh you know? yeah <laughs> make your next move make your next website <laughs> why am i singing I have no idea, guys. I'm singing because I'm excited about making my own website using Squarespace. And you guys should be, too. Uh, you can make beautiful award-winning uh, templates all in one platform, blah, 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 blah. This 24-7 customer. You know all this by now if you're a listener to the podcast. But I just want to say, 
You should have your own website. No matter what it is you do, do you own my uncle's a landscaper? He has a website. You know, you your my my cousin is a sniper, he has a website. My aunt kind of looks uh dogs in the eyes and then f- shames them for pooping, and she has a website. I don't know why dog poop always comes up when I talk about websites. I just think it's a funny thing to dedicate an entire website to. Guys, make your website. Use Squarespace. Make any make a joke website about the High and Mighty podcast, you know? Make a joke website about a friend. Uh, getting married, need a wedding website, uh, need a getting started on some new business, need a website for that. You forget dating apps, just make a website uh like uh, you know, uh, Please date me dot ninja, and then put that up on a billboard and see what happens for yourself. Um, guys, trust me. Take it from someone who hasn't dated someone in over fifteen years. I know what I'm talking about. Get your free trial today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code mighty to get ten percent off your entire first purchase. Ten percent off of a web. Come on, just use squarespace.com. Enter offer code mighty and get ten percent off your purchase. Make a damn web. Just let the kid make a website for crying out loud. Like five years after I graduated, I watched like an old comedy show that I did in college, and I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit! I was a fucking lunatic. This is so embarrassing." <laughs> but my girlfriend, I also we the first time we ever sort of we ever like hooked up, like the first time we ever kissed was at Skidmore at oh, the comedy festival. Interesting, which is, which where, is where I met, I met you. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, um, all my Skidmore loves. Yeah, I made, I made a, met a bunch of people there for the first time. It's I remember like there's a couple people who I remember just developing like not romantic feelings towards, but just like friend crushes there. That was TJ. Like, I Miller remember for like me. you. I remember like John Golby. I remember feeling that way about. I remember yeah. there was a Mini dude, Rivers Cuomo. There was a, <laughs> I didn't know his name, but that's what I called him. There was a dude whose name I can't remember, and I don't know what happened to him. Maybe he's a super successful person in comedy, or maybe he just became like a normal professional human being with a life. Um, but he had like super long hair and i just remember being like this dude fuck you like where you just have that feeling like yeah. i feel like you can only or maybe you can feel it later on in life but like in college in particular feeling that way about somebody you just met where you're like this guy fucking gets it well there's something about like being new to up for their being newsletter. new to an activity or yes. a hobby or right. a passion and then seeing someone who has uh Shows some aptitude and for show it. some aptitude, but also in the direct, like, and you're like, that's that was TJ Miller for me when I saw him at uh, Skidmore. I was like, this dude oh, is yeah. fucking amazing! Right. Holy right, shit, right, this right, dude right, is! Right. And I'm like, he's and and I'm like, this guy. And I was not wrong. People, right. <laughs> a lot of other people tend to agree with that TJ Miller is great. But I remember being like, and then hanging out with him at a party, and he was like a, a real lunatic, like stressed me out, and I was like, <laughs> oh, cool. I wonder if you have to be like that to be as funny as him. And then it's like, as I've progressed in my life, people have called me a lunatic in my real life. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Do I need to be more of a lunatic to be more successful? It's like, it's a terrible thing. But having TJ Miller be the first like uh, uh, contemporary right. that you had, like I was like. Being oh. in, it's, it is funny though, being in show business or being in the arts or whatever, and maybe not being quite at the place that you want to is like looking at a big sort of like, Star Trek Enterprise like readout with a bunch of different bars on it of different personality traits where you are like, should I just like 
put one of these yeah. to 11 should i yeah and then i would be probably less happy but also more successful yeah, less like, should I? So, yeah, less social interaction less uh, inherent <laughs> happiness less self-identity but it more career success yeah mm. that's yeah. bizarre oh, but, I, don't even think uh, of, I don't even want to think about uh, is my personality incorrect because i know <laughs> why <laughs> um no but it so i guess that does sort of weirdly like the 20s thing into the 30s thing is interesting but i wonder if i wish i had started earlier or something because i do like it so much that it is something that i kind of am like i don't know if i could have done it at any other portion of my life but i'm also like it's like something where once you find it and you like it you kind of are like oh i could have been doing this all along this is awesome right right but there are again like weird barriers to entry where you're like oh but i didn't have a kitchen in that apartment really yeah or i didn't didn't really have have the money for groceries i thought right rice and beans yeah right exactly uh, but it is like but there 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 again conversely like you like i feel like you you were talking about like oh when i started doing paleo that's when i started cooking i feel like that's true of like vegans or vegetarians sometimes yeah they're like oh i couldn't really get like x y and z thing just out in the world i had to figure out how to do it for right myself so i'm i don't know it's 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 kind of yeah you start learning you're like oh the this place uh down the street like for me it was like paleo was like oh this place down the street serves uh like grilled chicken thighs these are great i could buy them like out of like a hot tray and be like great then i'm like can I make these? And then it's like, oh yeah. And I bring them home, make a batch. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. I'm like, what if I put it in a plastic, ba- in a Ziploc bag with olive oil, salt, and pepper right. leading up to it? I'm like, ooh, that might be really good. Then I do that and I'm like, ooh, that is better. But here's what I should do. I should bake it and then I don't have to saute. And like, and each time now I'm like, when I want chicken thighs, like I don't even want, I want to make them myself. You want your chicken yeah, thighs. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, there is something cool to that. And what's particularly cool about what you described, I think, is the like, you're sort of figuring it out for yourself. You know what I mean? Right. Like, well, there is something about that too, where it's like learning a sport or a activity or a routine of anything. Right. And when you're like, you're like, Ooh, I tried it once. And it's like, didn't come out exactly as I planned. That's the moment where you either go, well, I'm never doing that again yeah. or okay. But I did have fun. I wonder if I would have even more fun right. if I did a if little I better. If I knew yeah. something about what it is. And yeah. I do think that's a maturity thing too because I definitely, I don't know what your personality is like, but I definitely had a weird kind of like honors kid, sort of like when I was growing up, everybody was like, he can really read great. Yeah. And sort of like, <laughs> you get addicted to that approval of sort of being yeah. like, then you start becoming comedy, doing comedy. Exactly. It's like, then it's you the same thing as getting like, compliments. Yeah, yeah. Exa- yeah, exactly. Where you're sort of like, you get addicted to the feeling of being sort of preternaturally gifted at something yeah. and just being like, I'm just good at it. I don't know how, but I am. Right. Where it, 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 most activities, if you want to actually like get into them, you will start doing it and be terrible. I know. And, and then also it feels with food, awful it's being, like, yeah. especially if you're like, you either, if it's like really terrible, it's like you either, if it comes out really bad, it's like you either have to throw it away, <laughs> which is the worst feeling possible. Yeah. Or, or you have to like it choke it down, which <laughs> might be even worse where it's like, oh, this is gross. It's punishment. So there is yeah. something, there is like an extra little thing built in you know, that's, that's, that, that, that is there sort of going like, maybe you shouldn't do this. Maybe this is really intimidating. Yeah. And so if you're somebody like me, where you sort of grew up addicted to the feeling of being immediately good at something, you are like, well, maybe I just shouldn't do this cause I'm not good at it. And I definitely remember instances before that of like helping with a little cooking task, like maybe at a dinner party or maybe like at my parents' house or maybe, 
you know, um, just like out in the world or needing to like attempt to like make something and getting super frustrated and just getting like hot in the face yeah. and just being like, oh, just having that feeling that like I remember from like being terrible at youth sports where you're right. just like, I don't even want to do this. You know, like that kind of feeling. Well, I get that. I get that sort of feeling now, too, where I'm like so busy in my mind i'm not as busy as i imagine myself to be or as stre- as i stressed as i get about it but it's one of those things where it's like it would take me one hour to set up surround sound speakers say say let's be honest take three hours right but if it's 40 bucks to have someone else take a half right. hour doing it right. and then that all that math comes into play when you have to when your wife asks you to dice the onions oh yeah. and you're like holy shit this is taking forever right. and it's like I would rather not learn. It's like, or is this something I should keep doing and get good at? And it's like setting up your uh, speakers is something you don't have to do frequently, but chopping an onion is something potentially you have to do a lot. And it's like, I might as well get good at it. And then it's like, when your knife skills get good, all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's not daunting to like turn a bunch of produce into cookable things. Well, and it is very, it's like, it's, it's, and it's meditative and it's cool. And it's all these other, it's all these other things, but it's sort of, there's, I, I think there's a larger sort of meta conversation here that I'll sort of touch on because it definitely affected my cooking development but as a much larger thing my therapist which is another part of being in your 30s um, <laughs> another uh, part of I recommend everyone get there as quickly as possible <laughs> we all need it it's floor it till 31 oh, yeah. jump out get a therapist and hammer it out from there yeah. <laughs> take it from there and go like oh and then also have your girlfriend describe to you how, like the ways in which you're, you're a, a psycho person. oh yeah, okay exactly. thank you yeah. um, uh, before you are actually dating it's uh, great it's it's <laughs> it's a lot of good perspectives um but um was this he recommend my therapist recommended this book called mindset which is by this woman carol dweck who was like a psychologist or a psychiatrist whichever the like sciencey one is yeah and I think that's basically it, yeah. it 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 she's sort of like there's people have two different types of mindsets uh, some people are a little more the other one. Some people are a little more than the other one, but we all fall into one of two camps. But with work, you can change which camp you're in. But basically, people either have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. And this sounds self-helpy, but I guess there is like science to it and like neurology to it or whatever. And basically, the fixed mindset says like, I only want to do shit I'm good at. I have these inborn traits that I am good at and I only want to do that stuff. And if I try something new and I suck at it, well, I didn't even want to fucking do it anyway. Like, yeah. and it basically, it, it's like, or I'll look stupid and I'll be bad and I'm a bad person. So I don't want to ever do any of that it's stuff. It's like path of least it's resistance. Like, she uses, exactly. And she uses like Matt, John McEnroe is like an, uh, is like a person like who was fixed mindset when he was playing where he would be like, it would never be about like, I should have worked more on this or I should have done that. It was like that person in the stands was talking that's why i fucked up it could never be it could never be my fault um as opposed to a growth mindset which says like not not everyone's gonna go out and if they shoot a bunch of free throws they're gonna be a really great basketball player that's how little i know about basketball that i think it's all about (laughs) shooting free throws but like but it's a big part (laughs) with with in in terms of like most skills and obviously there's other things and there's like structural racism that can keep you back (laughs) from certain things or there's like disabilities that can keep you back from certain things but outside of that like there are any one of us with a ton of applied effort could become better at a thing we're not any good right. at. And so that was really important for me you to like read. You could ostensibly improve. You couldn't necessarily 
just due to normal uh, normal limitations, you couldn't necessarily become you couldn't become the best at anything. Right. But most likely, you can become better at almost anything right. you want. And she, and she uses better. all these examples yeah. of yeah. people where it's like naturally they were probably good. But with a ton of applied effort and a ton of thinking about it the right way, yeah. they sort of became the best in the world. And then there's also people where it's like they probably just in terms of what type of skill and natural inclinations they were born with and, and genetics and whatever were like the best at the starting line. And then they fucking gassed out or never achieved their full potential because it was all just about protecting their view of themselves. Yeah, weird. You know what I mean? And so I think that was very helpful to me because I was super fucking fixed mindset. Like everything was just about like, I'm really good at this thing. It's all about showing how I'm really good at this thing I know I'm good at. Right. And if there's anything that is affecting me being the best, that has everything to do with everybody else and nothing to do with me and like working on and getting good at something I'm not good at. Yeah. And so that was really shit. helpful in terms of getting into cooking because it was like, so now when I try something I haven't done before, I start to feel hot in the face and i just want to throw everything away and be like fuck it i don't even want to do this anyway it's like no like that's like the example she uses in the book is like nobody expects a baby to know how to walk right like nobody's like this baby's an idiot <laughs> right but like and babies just get up and try to walk and they look stupid for a while but then eventually they learn how to walk which this is, is like all literally the hardest thing that's and like, a spiel from my uh literally talk about my ucb uh, in, uh oh really courses. that's a spiel i gave him because i mostly taught one-on-one i was like you guys have never done this before right, right. i wouldn't walk right. into a class hand a book to someone and go you're reading it wrong i right. can't believe this fucking kid's reading it wrong <laughs> but if you take right. the book and throw it on the ground and go fuck you i'm gonna right. go well that i can that'll never get you better yeah, at this totally yeah. exactly yeah. and so that was like a cool hump to get over is yeah. to realize like oh it's fun to learn this stuff it's fun to get better at it it's okay not to be good at it right away right. it's okay to look at a recipe on foodandwine.com or on the new york times where it's like an easy weeknight recipe for whatever and, and you're an like hour and 40 minutes yeah or to look at it and go like i'm not gonna I, I don't need to try that right now that's probably not where i'm at i can be okay with like i went and looked at a recipe that was literally a chef being like yeah when i get home at four in the morning and i literally have nothing and i don't feel like doing any work this is what i make <laughs> it's okay if i try that thing and it takes me 45 minutes and it's really hard yeah you know what like, i mean and i like, just <laughs> i just whip out this quick pa uh pancetta souffle that I've been working on you're exactly. like whoa um, but wait so what were because we've barely even mentioned any actual food items what are your and Tiff's like go to things that you cook all the time the go, th go to things we make all the time since we started eating healthy is like uh, uh, spaghetti squash with some sort of homemade sauce that Tiff will make uh, um, I make well, we often eat lamb uh, shoulder chops with like a little rosemary, salt, pepper, Ooh, garlic. Yeah. And I often make those. Spinach is a big side in our house. Broccoli rob is a big side in our house. Uh, some sort of leafy Which is in green. season right now, I think. Yeah, That's something yeah. I've learned about, things being in season. season. Yeah. Well, what it's I've it's helping LA to feel like time actually passes here, which is pretty cool. huge. Yeah, it's huge <laughs> to be like, it's strawberry season. I'm like, I don't fucking know, but feels different than yesterday, right. which I guess is cool. Um, and then another thing that happened is, you know, we start going away in groups for like a weekend, like a, some some of Tiff's friends and my friends, these mutual couple friends were like, hey, let's rent a house in Ojai. And it's like you go like we, I've had this one group of friends I've done it with like twice a year or once a year for since I moved here. And it's been like the first time we went, it's like, oh, well, 
I'll make dinner tonight. And someone whips up some kind of dinner for like eight. And now it's gotten to the point where it's like an email goes out. It's like everyone must make one breakfast and one dinner. And then it's like, and it's like a dream. And it's like, oh, Jimmy's going to make his low country boil. That's so good. And then it's like, I don't know what that is. It sounds like a Led Zeppelin song. And I want to eat it. (laughs) I didn't know what it was before I had it for the first time either. It's just like (laughs) shrimp, uh, sausage, potatoes, and uh, corn on the cob, like in a big pot boiling all day with like butter. And and you just like kind of dump it onto a fucking bowl. And yeah, it's great. Um, and like all of a sudden it's like, we're out with the, we're out with these cu- and like Richard and like two, these two dudes are like uh, a couple and they're like whipping up stuff. It's like, are you doing the pie? And it's like, they're how And like Tiffany is like sweating in the kitchen. I'm just assisting. And I'm like, fuck, I'm going to start learning some stuff. And then the next time we went, I'm like a couple of times leading up, I made myself like a special kind of burger. And then I was like, when we got to the, the weekend, I'm like, guys, I'm doing burgers. And they were like, all right. And I do like a 50-50 blend of ground beef and bacon with like uh, Gruyere uh, pickles. And uh, I fucking do a lot of work to the chopped meat. Like I judge it up real nice. And I'm like, everyone's like, these burgers are fucking amazing. And I'm like, this feels so, so good. good. It feels yeah. so good. And it's like, I want to eat the burgers and I want I could only eat so many. So I want right. other people to be like eating them and saying like, this is good. This is good. Yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm like, I'm feel, I'm, I feel like endorphins in my brain just from what you're describing. Right. Like there is something to, and I was like trying to think about like, Oh, why do I like this? Or why do I think it's cool? And it is partially because there's that weird, like folk wisdom aspect to it where it's like, you hear somebody say like the low country boil yeah. and you're like oh shit i want to go like learn what that is and whatever and i'm sure that there's like it's it's so much easier now too it's like you can just i could just go home and google what that is and find out and like go try to make it if i want to or whatever but there's also like a weird like it's like getting into music for the first time where you start learning about like oh there was this musician but they were influenced by this person and that influenced this person oh if you like david chang exactly yeah yeah, you can start like tracing things back or whatever or like or you sort of you know like oh well you know my girlfriend and i we really like like david chang like you were saying like momofu whatever and like Great. she had like eaten there way before I did or whatever and it was like I'd never been to like uh you know like I had never um before I'd ever like eaten at one of those restaurants it was like she's like oh I know how to make this vinaigrette whatever this like fish sauce vinaigrette that he puts on like every single vegetable or whatever yeah. so it's like okay even though I haven't eaten at this crazy you know fancy restaurant or whatever or any restaurants in this empire like I'm getting a little teeny taste of it and that's like made by it's not made by him it's made by somebody I know but there's all of these different people right. that are sort of involved right. like, but then there's also the element of generational like, oh, I like it the way you make it exactly I can't wait to try David Chang yeah, yeah right where original, it's like yeah. it is weird it's like what if I guess it's like if you liked if you could play guitar and you really liked a musician you were kind of like oh I can like cover their song or whatever but like the difference I feel like is like you might like oh, I don't know I, I can't say I, I, I've never really played an instrument as a grown up but like you might like play in your room maybe like when you're all around a fire you like bust out a guitar yeah. when it's like appropriate and not douchey yeah. if that's possible <laughs> I've seen it done I don't know if I could pull it off um, but like or it's like you're one of those families so we all sing around the right, holidays yeah, or whatever yeah. like again I could I, I'm sure it's been pulled off in a non-douchey way um, but like there is something to food where it's like, so you get that element of it where you can like learn about this cuisine or learn about this person you like or start learning a little bit more. And then you can like do a rendition of it like for your friends and have them go like, this is cool. And exactly. it's also not what we do for a living. So there's just a part of it that is just like, this is strictly fun. This is strictly yeah, I'm cool. not waiting for my agent to call me back about how my uh, bread and butter pickle sandwich <laughs> is coming, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is like, 
which is I don't know, which is very cool. And and, and it's like, funny because I've been recommending a hobby to like almost everyone who comes at me with any kind of recommendation. Like, oh yeah, I'm kind of stressed about. It happens naturally in your mid thirties. You start to like just be like, I need to do something else in my yeah. life. I realize you like look back on like five years and it's like uh, this thing, a show, sleep, this thing, a show, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I've been doing the same thing for ten years. Let's break it up. Yep. Oh, here's something we haven't said really. Our cooking trajectory might also sort of mimic the popularity of food shows as well. I could see that because, for sure. like, yeah, that's because yeah, 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 yeah. as we are consumers of media, like, right. uh, I mean, I'm that. Well, also, I think I'm consumers... that before I consider myself a comedian right. or something. Like, <laughs> that's the thing I do spend the most amount of time doing. I'm a, is... I'm a view blob, sure. <laughs> um, Me, I'm uh, two we all eyes are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we're all view blobs. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're right. And in addition to that, I think specifically because we're comedians and we're writers and whatever, and we're trying to like make stuff and make TV shows and make movies and whatever. It's like we started out as fans of those things, but then there's a certain point where it's like we also live in LA. We know people who work on these things. Sometimes yeah. we're lucky enough to work on them, whatever. So you kind of like you come home and if you go and watch like the new cool show that everybody's talking about, that's like a drama. All you can think about is how I auditioned of, for that guy. And yeah, I didn't get or it just <laughs> kind of feels like work, or it kind of feels like you're just being up yeah, on things, yeah. you know, right, which you right. kind of have to, or, or you're kind of supposed to do anyway. And so it can kind of feel like work. Whereas if you once you switch over to like the Food Network. You switch over to Bravo. You switch over to these places. It's like this is pure joy. So Again, many like the housewives. So many. It's like I'm not going to audition for the Real Housewives. Right. You know what I mean? Like uh, so many TV writers we know do not watch scripted television. I have like, do not never, watch scripted comedy. I have never been, and I told him this. I was like, I've never been more jealous of a peer's like career opportunity than when Max Silvestri was briefly hosting a show on bravo yeah. after top chef uh, I, I like dm'd him on twitter i was like uh, i was like dude that's earnestly the coolest thing like like yeah. anyone i know has ever gotten is like you get to do the thing after top chef that's fucking awesome. i know because it's just like that's now the thing i'm more the earnest fan of right because it's not like you're not seeing the scaffolding of how the jokes work and exactly. stuff you're just like this is cool this is awesome and then food kind of like food media got huge and all of a sudden yes. it's like these personalities that you're like Oh shit, Anthony Bourdain is the shit. I read No totally. Reservations. That's yeah. such a cool way to think right. about cooking. And then, because it's like, I feel like cooking and travel for me kind of went along the same way. I never had money and didn't come from a family that said right. travel was important ever. So I was just like, ah, being on a plane sucks. And then when I got to be like 29 and married and have a, a some money every once in a while, all of a sudden I'm like, God, I want to see the world. And then you're watching TV about travel or you're watching food and like you learn about food. It's like, I love Vietnamese food. Oh, Vietnamese food is so interesting. Oh, look, Anthony Bourdain went to Vietnam. Oh, shit. Hey, I'm Googling. Cool. Look. And then all of a sudden you're like, I need to go to Vietnam. Right. You know what I mean? It's or like, even just like realizing like, oh, especially because it's like we're in America and it's thankfully in its heart like an immigrant culture. Yeah. Um, like you get to go to like it's like oh did you know one of the best Thai places in America is in Las Vegas right. you know what I mean yeah. like or did you know that like there's really good banh mi in New Orleans or right. like did you just yeah. all of these things where you get to find out like oh there's these cool or like my girlfriend's from Boise Idaho there's like a huge like Basque population there oh, so it's like cool. for, it's like an immigrant community stretching way way back and now they're starting to have more immigrants from like 
all like are more um, refugees from like all over the world. Like people think of Idaho as being this very like lily white, like racist right. place. And in many ways, I mean, I'm from Arizona. I can yeah. say that in many ways it is. <laughs> but like there's also like liberal people there and there's refugee communities there. So it'll be interesting to see how it evolves and like how these food cultures evolve, like yeah, within these places where you cool. wouldn't expect. And then it is like you're saying, like it's a cool opportunity too, especially if you're like traveling for work or something and you don't know anybody there in the place. And you're like, oh, I can at least go and try to get like a good meal tonight. And that I can, was like, the best thing. And about the internet is at our fingertips and we can find out where these places right, are. Like, and be like, oh, that's three blocks from me. Oh, awesome. Yeah, well, I went to like, for, for for example, there was a short period of time when I was, I mean, I still am really into it, but me and Tiff were obsessed with diners, drive-ins, and dives. Yes. Right. And we would sure. be like, for my birthday, she we went to Philly to go see Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. And we took like the Fong Wah bus or whatever. And she's like, we're also going to eat at the Silk City Diner before. I'm like, Silk City Diner, the place with the barbecue shrimp empanadas from Diners. <laughs> and she's like, yes, yes that's the going. place. And I'm like, fuck yeah. And then right. I went to like, over the, like, I went to like me and Santangeli and maybe Sylvia and Molly Lloyd were in Washington, D.C. together. And we were like, oh, hey, uh, and Jim was like, the diner driving and dive place has the deep fried burgers down here. I'm like, get in the fucking camp, you know, <laughs> let's go, let's try it. And now when you get older, you can like progress past that and go to like, right. now you're watching chef's table. And now yeah. you're like, oh, if I'm, when I was in Italy, I went to Italy to shoot a movie, um, the little hours coming mm. out in June. Um, uh, also what we're talking so much about food, blue apron, promo code mighty, you can use recipes, <laughs> learn to cook. The- and I don't even think, uh, blue aprons actually advertising on this episode, which is so funny. We've been talking now. about cooking and recipes this whole time. Um, but like we were in Italy shooting a movie and 10 different people were like, yeah, my 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 girlfriend was visiting week two and we made a reservation at Massimo's restaurant. Like, <gasps> oh, as soon as we wrap, I'm driving to Massimo's restaurant. Like, did you go? I never went. Oh. I was only there for so brief. But I was right. like, well, oh, I mean, you that's look at Chef's table do. and like now those places are like totemic. Like right? in, in yes. the minds of like I, we've only watched like my girlfriend and I only only watched the first season, but my um writing partners are a couple and they've watched like all of them and they're like, oh, this place, and then this place they're doing this and whatever. And it is literally just like um, like we were trying to like sell a travel thing and Dan, one of my partners was, he was like, I'm kind of okay with like just doing X idea for an episode. If only because that puts us like this close to like the Massimo Batura right, place right, right, in Modena yeah. or whatever, <laughs> where you are just like, and it's also, I think also too, again, not to make everything about like, Oh, well, we're comedians, but like we are. So that's uh, sort of our, our sort of mutual, like, I guess like experience, but like, since we do something that seemingly sort of, at least we're told like marries us to certain geographical places. Right. The idea that chefs can be like, like, like that place Noma that's in like fucking somewhere in Scandinavia. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it's in like Copenhagen. Maybe I, again, that's something I'm going to be hugely wrong about. It's probably going to make so, like somebody tear their hair out. Yeah. That's but, like, fine. or like that place in that Massimo Batura place or whatever. Or like I was reading about, I think it was this, this, I think it was this woman in Hungary that's maybe going to be on chef's table or something where it's just like, you can like, I don't know how it happens, but like you can just be like, I inherited this restaurant from my parents. I guess that's a big part of how it happened. But like, <laughs> it used to be this little like tumble down place. Right, and then I'm yeah. going to like go to culinary school and I'm going to come back and I'm going to marry like the sort of heritage, culinary heritage that we have with like these new skills that I have and I'm young yeah. and I'm cool and I'm whatever. I went so work here's what I'm this making. Guy, yeah. And then like it becomes this like destination where it's like you can live where you live and people are still like, or that was really cool this, for me to see like when I first started watching Top Chef, which was only a few years ago and just got of course super obsessed with it. And that was another big way in as well. Like they would be like, 
like the chefs would all be like, oh, so-and-so, he's the best guy for that in Houston. Right. Or he's killing it in Oklahoma City. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or she's killing Top it in chef. Chicago, these places that we only, we think of like LA and New York. Those are the cultural centers. And there's something about like food. Again, maybe it's only now that is very democratizing in this yeah. weird way where it's kind of like, no, you have to do it in a physical place. And that there's no law that says that physical place has to be New York or LA. The, uh, the um uh oh, what the fuck am i what the fuck am i trying to say here i mean i'll just i'll back it up to highly recommend chef's table to anyone who is maybe listening to this and being like i'm not even if you're not even that into cooking chef's table is like planet earth and cosmos yes. in yes. that it floats in the soothing yes. stoned yes. kind of like totally. to be high and watch them silently set yeah. a table in chef's right. table is like a yeah well you'll dream. get to the end of it and you'll be like why am i crying about an egg yolk but yeah, they like exactly. do bring you there it's right. very yeah. well done yeah and it's like the very same thing well with like done. planet earth where all of a sudden you're like get out of there dear you know <laughs> right or it's cosmos when you're like oh, for sure no you gotta be kidding me <laughs> well now i've watched so much stuff about stuff about chefs and cooking that it's almost like on a hair trigger where it was like last season in top chef there was just one little side thing where you get the feeling like at the beginning of an episode like oh if they're telling me about this guy's sad story is that because he's gonna go home but there was like some yeah. uh, one of the chefs was like yeah you know i had my restaurant and then it burned down and just cut to like this like footage of his restaurant like on fire and just like wh why am i bawling but i am <laughs> like there's just something about you get to know yeah. like this is these people's whole lives everything's wrapped up in this they barely ever make money like there's just something like i don't know you get their stories are so cool and 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 like and parallel to people that are trying to make it in the arts, but different. There's like a biz, a different business aspect to it. There's a different workmanship to it. I don't know. It's really, it's cool. It's like to the point where I literally like want to just say to my Apple TV, like, show me something about chefs. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. Top Chef was a good way in for me too, because then it was like when the, the guest judge would be the person that you're like, wait, who is that? And they're like, oh, that's Wiley Dufresne. Yes. 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 And yes. you're like, what's that? And then also right. you're like, clock it you know yes I mean? well there is the, and yeah. then there is that again getting into music or getting into like sci-fi or yeah. movies or whatever where you start yeah. to be like oh now i okay when i first get into it maybe i only know quentin tarantino's name but then maybe i start to know like, but what are quentin tarantino's Deacon's favorite is, like movie a yet. cinematographer yeah, right. and you start to like fill out your knowledge in that yeah. way and it can be get really cool or when you hear like and then you sort of like um you know you hear chefs talk about it and they're like oh nancy silverton oh this person that person like who are your person's people uh, and then you start tracking it back like that it's like it is a comic book it is a a you know it's like learning the marvel universe yeah, or whatever you're like oh if you like thing you're gonna for older Hulk. much lamer yeah, people yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only slightly more expensive hobbies, but yeah i agree cooking. chef's table i think is a good a good way in yeah and then you start being like oh that person who's being interviewed who are they yeah exactly and then like all the same people start popping up and you start putting it together and being like i sort of know i feel like it's zero zero one percent of this for comedy nerds maybe the, there's an equivalence where you're like you love comedy bang bang and then paul f tompkins is on and you're like that that was really funny. Who is this dude? Yes. Then you get into Paul F. Tompkins. Then you're into all his podcasts. And then you're like, wait, who's Matt Gorley from Super Ego? Right. Then you're into like Matt right. Gorley's. And you're like, oh, he's he hosts this thing with Matt Myra. Who's Matt Myra? Oh, that's the dude from Nerdist. I fucking love. And then all of a sudden you're right. like this web of podcasts that you wrap your exactly. head around. Yes, it's like, yes, oh yes. shit. And for us, that's like could be cooking, could be behind. For me, for a while, it was movies where you're right. like, oh, you know what else this guy wrote? Like, you know, the guy who wrote this also wrote this was enough for me to be like. I'm seeing it. And yep. then you're like fleshing out your mm -hmm. own taste and knowledge. And oh, like, totally. But then you're like, wait, why wasn't that movie as good? Oh, because he did that. Yeah. It was for well, the different studio. Directors. And then he went, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, whatever. Shit, directors. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, then who directed the first movie? This oh. guy? Oh, let me check those out. Yeah. yeah. 
it's cool. I mean, like, I don't know if you could, I, I, I feel like it kind of all goes hand in hand, which is neat where it's like, but it, it's like, it's a little bit different because it's like, once you start getting into movies, you can then go start making stuff with your friends on an iPhone. And that's really cool. Yeah. But like, you can't, there's no thing called like weeknight movie making. Right. But there is such a thing as weeknight cooking. Or there yes. is such a thing as like, you know, and there is such a thing as like budget movie making. But again, you're going to need to block out like a lot of time. Like yeah. that's a real commitment. But there is such a thing as like, you, you, ha- you don't have to go watch a movie, but you like have to eat. Right, and so right. it's like cool the way it, and I, I and I'm skeptical. Oh, that's of, another. That's pro- I'm sorry to interrupt, please. but that's probably another reason why you get into it like at a certain stage in your life because you're like, fuck, we have to eat dinner again. Yes, I might as well cook it. <laughs> I might as and well I might as well be yeah, good totally. at making right, right, right. it. Yeah, I might as well take enjoyment from making it and take so I can take more enjoyment from eating it because we have to do this, and I feel like we're gonna have to do it again tomorrow, yes. potentially every day for the rest right, of my life. But it is yeah. like I can't if you don't cook. If you're listening to this. I like maybe you will try it and ultimately not like it and that's totally fine but like I can't imagine especially because like I've had like not the easiest past like 12 months of my life or whatever but just the idea of like not being able to like if when I think about like my life right now and the moments where I get to like send my girlfriend a recipe and be like oh we should have this tonight or be like oh that thing that we have in the fridge you know what I was thinking this weekend it'll probably keep I can take that and use this to make this thing or whatever or like oh like now I suddenly have learned like oh, snap peas are in season. Right. And we have a farmer's market in our neighborhood. We cooked this thing with peas before. What if we made it with snap peas instead because they're yeah. in season? Like, all these oh, things. Oh, remember that, when like, we ate at that restaurant and they put mint in their peas? Like, oh, well, yeah, cool. Try that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's exactly, like yeah. you start, slowly start to pick these different things up. There's like an RPG And then all of, us, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I make a pretty banging mint peas. Yeah, which is right, exactly. And it's or like, like yeah. you're over someone's house and they're like, oh, we're all cooking dinner. It's like, I made mint peas. And it's like, what? And you're like, trust me. when you Like we had like a potluck Thanksgiving at mutual friend uh, Gregor's house and it was like they're just like everyone's bringing shit and you're like everyone we're all at that age where it's like uh, yeah, we're going to try to sous vide of turkey or, you know, people are right. doing like weird ass oh, shit. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah. there's something like, and I, 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 my girlfriend like is an amazing, she's a really good cook, but she's like a truly like savant level baker. She's really amazing. And she made like Nutella raspberry babka for a bunch of different people, like for her manager and people yeah. and like, we're bringing them to people's houses. And it was like, I think we want to like double down on this. And like, what if we just got people like lasagnas for Christmas that we made, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, and there is a certain, there's just like, uh, um, I, there's like so many different cool aspects of it. It touches so many different parts of your life that I was like, as much as I came into this podcast with the intention of like, you get to just like it. You don't have, it doesn't, you don't have to worry about if other people like right, it. Right. I feel like this weird compulsion to be like, it is really cool. Like if you can just like whatever your way into it is, and I don't know what the best way into it is. I don't know if it's like if you're doing paleo or if you're just like trying, if you're just like making yourself breakfast. I remember reading an article about like, just make yourself breakfast. It really doesn't matter what it is, but just the difference between like getting a thing of yogurt out of the fridge and like making a piece of avocado toast is like, that is something that is like, and I think it's so easy, especially if you're like me and you're like, oh, well, I just did this thing, but I'm just a beginner. So whatever I'm doing is stupid and I'm yeah. an idiot and I'm small and I'm nothing is like to realize like every one of those metric jumps from like taking a thing of yogurt out of the fridge to like, I made myself a piece of avocado toast. Right. Like that is a metric leap. Like that is cooking. Like yeah, you are that doing is something. Also that is chartable, quantifiable progress. Yes, yeah. exactly. Which you is have like improved. Exactly. Which person, is like yeah. really, really cool. I remember, I think maybe like I had a couple of different, like starting to cook. Like I, um, 
my girlfriend was gone one night and I think we'd maybe started watching Top Chef and I like got home earlier than I thought and she was going to get home later. So I was like, wouldn't it be dope if like when she'd gotten home, I had like made dinner and we had and I, like, don't about do it at yeah, all. Yeah. And so I like there was this website, which is probably still up called What the Fuck Should I Make for Dinner, where it just auto gives you a recipe. Um, oh, cool. And you can just click like, I don't fucking like that or I don't eat meat or whatever. Yeah. And it will give and you a new one and then it'll it. link it to whatever. So you can kind of just sit there and click until you see something you like and you might like click on it and then you look at it and you go, oh, that's kind of too hard. I don't really feel up to that. And then maybe you go back or whatever. But the one that I came up with for me was um, it was like seared red snapper with succotash. And then I think it ended up, I ended up like went going to the store. They didn't have snapper. I ended up doing like Pacific rock fish, which I think is like a total trash fish that you can get in California for super cheap. Right. It's fucking delicious. It's like really, you know. Because yeah, it's, like, it's a local fish. Exactly. It's like I, local, whatever. I think it probably grows in some like literal trash canal somewhere, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> right, That's fine. Right. Everything's horrible. Um, it's delicious. And like, just like some like, you can get like Trader Joe's has like a pre-frozen like succotash, whatever. Go and get the like, the little thing of heavy cream, whatever. And then it's like you salt and pepper it. And something about just like doing it in the pan, like after you did the onions and the onions right, are yeah. soaking up the butter and whatever, and like doing it in the pan. And it's like starting to congeal into this like sauce. Like it's becoming more than the sum of its parts. And then like you fry the fish and the fish, it's all like fucking fried. It looks like you yeah. really cooked something. Oh, and then sauce. doing it. And I really like am retroactively upset with the alternate version of myself that would have existed had it not gone well the right. first time where I'm like, would I have not done it? Because if I hadn't have done it, I don't know what I would have like looked forward to in my life right, for the past right. few months of yeah. my life where I've just been like, I'm cooking out of this 101 Easy Asian Recipes book. I'm learning how to make dumplings. Like maybe I'm not focusing on all of the literal things I should be focusing on in my life, but it's just like, this is where I'm at right now. I'm really excited about this thing. That's cool. Like I'm so happy that that went well, but I like to think like, hopefully I would have kept with it or I would have discovered it some other way, but I'm really happy it did. Cause that was like, it's been super cool and kind of all the phases of it. And I feel like up into, up to, and including the phase of like immediately getting over ambitious and being like, I can make this. Yeah, and then yeah. it's like so much harder <laughs> yeah. and it turns out terribly and you're so yeah. mad at yourself or whatever. <laughs> but the thing I was thinking about, I guess if anybody's like starting to cook and I was realizing I've started to do is like, if something on the uh, online that's on like a food blog or something says like, easy for a weekend whatever something you read in a magazine or whatever or easy for like a weeknight or whatever maybe that's the thing that you make on friday or saturday night when you have like more time maybe you right. just like bump everything down a stop and you 100%. just like or maybe or even it, with blue apron uh although they are a sponsor on the podcast, right. i'm like they're like this should take 20 minutes i'm like that is if you have like everything out yes. and like you know well, there exactly is like, what you're doing and you're and you're efficient with your time because yes. you're often like Another thing is that, and I'm just now we're making this as specific to my listeners as possible. Cooking is a fun stoned activity, and being stoned doesn't like blow your capabilities of cooking. Like you can kind of, because you'll have to pay attention when you have to. But there is elements where right. you can. I'm just a very inexperienced weed smoker that really stresses me out. But I could imagine it being good. Like <laughs> yeah. I could imagine getting absorbed in one thing and then being like, okay, over here, okay, yeah, over here. exactly. Because there is a kind of like tunnel vision to it. Sometimes I feel like it could right. be good. Right, exactly. Could you're be just, not so good with certain things, but I could imagine like right. It, it works because and I mean, it's all just like you're just excited about food that's coming out. Oh yeah, well, like, for sure. So what's your? Uh, I'm I'm coming over to your house. Yes, you're gonna make me one thing to talk about, like to oh, demonstrate. Fuck. Oh, or maybe, man. Uh, so you're, ha you're having, because then you don't what think about I... just for me. So you're having 10 people over. Yes. You're gonna, everyone's making something. You want to make something to bring to this party. Um, and I you want to impress people. This is what I made for. It was funny because my girlfriend and I were like, 
we were like last minute, but mostly because I had this book and I was excited about cooking from it. I was like, you want to have a Super Bowl party? I was like, most people are probably already going to other people's places, whatever. But, but like, be a let's couple just of like last minute invite people, whatever. And then anyway, it like got, it was like, and so we like sent out a last minute thing. We're like, hey, anybody who wants to come, whatever. And anyway, it ended up being me, her and like her friend. Um, and that was it. And it was just like, okay, that's cool. But it was like, I was like, I know it's going to be great. Like whoever comes is going to be really happy because I'm making this like pork. It's called like, I'm, I'm definitely pronouncing it wrong, but it's pork char siu, S-I-W. And it's basically like this, the pork that goes in pork buns. Oh. Like when you get those like Chinese pork buns. Um, bow and yeah. exactly yeah when yeah. you get bow and it's like um it's so it's like red it's basically like red roast pork is what oh, it is dude and so it's just like this like big thing just big like giant piece of pig and i like was like painting it as it was happening so it's sort of like you know like basting it and it's whatever little fucking thing i'm like painting on there every half an hour as it's cooking yeah. over a course of hours and it was so fucking good and we had it with these like just really simple green beans from the book um and it was awesome and it was like really like oh dude apart, i would fuck delicious like then you put in like some rice over it when you're eating it and like the juice that gets emitted oh, from it gets like dude. soaked up by the rice and it was really really That's good amazing so i think that would be like if I was making like, I guess like an entree, that would be a th- yeah. that would be a thing for sure. But I think that's a good answer to the question. One thing, like yeah, make it. Uh, my thing is, I make that I think I can make better than most people is garlic bread. I, my Ooh, dad taught me a recipe nice. growing up, to like how to make your own garlic butter. So like my trick is like you get a you melt butter in a pot, right. add all the seasoning that you want to that. Keep it stirring, slow cook it into the butter, and then re-refrigerate oh, it back into butter, and then spread oh. that on bread, and then bake that. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, and that's like my specialty, right. and I learned that from my dad. Yeah, and like my wife's family's all foodies, and I they they were eating and they were making garlic bread uh, with the pasta dinner one night, and Tiffany's like, "Let John make the garlic bread," and I was like, "Her dad is literally like his profession was a chef for a long right. time." And I'm like, uh, "I don't know about that." And then they I made it, and they it's were like, like "This right, is really Jonathan. good." And all of a sudden, I'm like, "Garlic bread is my thing." <laughs> yeah. Totally, yeah. But it's like, but I feel like it's like when you're describing those steps, it's like that feeling of like you you had it, you did a ton of steps. And then it actually tasted like something you right. did a ton of steps on. Like, yeah. like we had this, like my girlfriend and I have started rewatching the Sopranos. So we were like, I feel like we've been, I'm talking about exclusively meat. And I feel like there's like way other types of shit that I like to cook, yeah. but that was a definite That's what I want to cook. Yeah. For sure. was just like meat cookery. Cause it really feels like you've like, feels you feel primal. like your dad basically. Yeah. I feel yeah. Like. It feels like, I, I know way. it's like not 2017 to say, but it right. feels manly. Right. Exactly. Like yeah. Exactly. A nice right. 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 Well, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's like in a certain sort of like cultural respect things that you grew up with there's something about like dad handles the meat and yeah, it's sort exactly. of like that then you when you do it well you're like oh this is pretty awesome also because meat's expensive so when you do it well you're stoked right but we had some like some sauce from like the sopranos cookbook or whatever some sauce recipe and it was like there's so much browning off meat that you're doing to make this like sunday gravy whatever yeah, yeah. And it was like so expensive and it was just the entire time i'm doing it i'm like this is not fucking going to be worth it. Like I'm setting myself up oh, yeah. to be mad at myself. <laughs> and then we actually like sat down after it had been cooking for like eight hours or whatever. And like all of this meat that you like make in the sauce and then you take out of the sauce and you don't serve it with the spaghetti. That's its own thing. They're like you can keep it and maybe you can serve it as another like dish or something. But they're like, that's not part of the sauce. It's just the meat that you cook in the sauce. Just to get And I'm like, this isn't going to be worth it. And then to taste it and like have it taste like something that took that much work yeah. was 
awesome. Once yeah, once you're cooking and not just eating processed shit, like I remember the first time I cooked eggs in bacon grease rather mm. than like uh, Pam on the, f- and I'm like, oh, that's a huge difference. Yeah, <laughs> like yes. <laughs> oh, that's when you insane. get that dinery taste. Yeah, that yeah. From, like the big like flat top. And all you're of a like, sudden you're like, oh, cool. And then like shit, like you made me think of like when you're like. I, I make wings a lot and I marinate my wings, then bake them. It's like a simple process, but I'll be like, I made the sauce. These have been marinating for 40 hours. You know what right, I mean? And it's right. like, that just feels, that's so appealing to yes. me. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the set it and forget it mentality of cooking, like, too, of just like, Oh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm like, I'm gonna make blank. All right, cool. Let's ma- start marinating it in the morning. Oh, just like then it's, it's like the just best. a matter of grilling it yes. at night. Right, yeah, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. then grilling and smoking—that's a whole other thing that I also have. That was also a all other we big talk gateway. about is getting a house with a yard to start oh, fucking grilling. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Do you have a yard we, used to, we used to have a yard, and then in our new place, we have like I haven't busted my grill out yet. There is a place that we can put it. That's more of like a communal area. Yeah, and I still haven't like busted it out of storage. But that's Ooh, when I really know that we'll thunder, have like moved uh, we are almost at an hour and a half. So Alright, <laughs> sweet. Well, there you go, guys. Uh, lot of motherfuckers. Great t- lot of uh easy to use, simple tips. Yeah, uh I like that two non cooks got into like the philosophy <laughs> and psychology. I think of it cooking. was mostly philosophy. I think we said like two <laughs> different dishes yeah and i think the entire time i think well i i I think that's uh that's a good place i would um if i had like one i think to 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 leave it to be like if you could like go do one thing and see if you like cooking or not i think it would just be like this was like a little like spaghetti improvement tip that my girlfriend started doing or like i think she's been doing it forever but like it was only i only picked it up like when we started dating was like Oh, like when you were going to go and just like you boil some spaghetti, you're going to have like some fucking like just like some jarred sauce or whatever you're going to heat up and put on the spaghetti that you like boiled. Like just to like get a fucking like onion and chop it up and just like cook just then just like take it, put it in a skillet. Get a skillet. They're not that expensive. I can't just get like a nonstick, whatever cheap skillet, like put some olive oil in it. Just like sweat the onion out over like some like medium heat. Just like watch it. Just keep moving it around. Just watch it. Just like pay attention. That's like the simplest thing. Just pay attention. And then put the sauce in there and then like cook the spaghetti for like two less minutes than you would have otherwise. And it says on the package, then take it out and just like finish it in the sauce. And if you have butter, maybe put a little butter in at the end, which is why restaurants do that all the time. And it's why everything tastes so good. It's just full of butter. Anthony Bourdain's book literally says the reason my sauce is better than yours is because I put a stick of butter. in." Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's just like those little things where it's just like, do you were going to make you, you make spaghetti all the time. It's fine. Everybody makes spaghetti. Everybody knows how to do it. And just those little simple things where you're like, if you are cooking those onions in that pan and you're like this, this is cool. Right. Then like follow that feeling, follow that feeling. That's always what makes cooking smell good. Like when you come home and somebody like, like again, my friends are a couple and the husband is always like, is always like, Oh, what smells so good. It's that dinner smells amazing. And the wife is inevitably like, it's just the onions. It's yeah, just the onions. Yeah. It's like, that's always what it's makes it It's either smoking. bacon cooking in the morning so or onions. give it a try. Um, anything you want to plug, DC Pearson? Um, I don't really have anything uh, coming well, up. I do shitty jobs books. every week. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> shitty jobs every week at the UCB LA. Um, it's an awesome improv show. And then I do, um, yeah, I've, I've written two novels, The Boy Who Couldn't Sleep and Never Had To and Crap Kingdom. Those are available wherever fine books are sold. Uh, also on audiobooks, if you have like a billion Audible credits because you listen to podcasts. Podcasts. Definitely picked those. Oh, up. cool! Did you read them? Or did I did read them. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, is it, it weird really reading fun. your own book? It is weird, especially because you burp so much. 
Like there's something about like we were talking just, about with Arthur and like yeah. taking in so much air. Like you talk a lot, and so you like, like inhale a lot. So yeah. you just find yourself after like half an hour, you're just like burping constantly. Oh, that's and so I remember funny. turning to like the sort of like weirdo sound engineer that was running my session. I mean, yeah. He wasn't especially weird. He's just a sound engineer. Yeah, like so that's sort of how yeah, they are. Um, and I was just like uh, a professional I, voyeur. Yes. <laughs> oh, he was jerking off. Is yeah, that not clear? You, you gotta. I, I remember turning to him and, and I was like, burping in a microphone. You gotta be beaten off. It's like well, exactly. I was like. I turned to him and I was like, "You, I was like, you got to cut together just a reel of like all the burps." And he was like, "I'm already doing it." <laughs> You're like, "Oh, okay. Well, actually, now I don't feel as comfortable with that." <laughs> I said it was jerking off. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Yeah, I still have yet to read Crab Kingdom. It's probably up there in my to read list, which uh, hasn't gone down since I moved to California. <laughs> Do way less reading out here. Is it yeah. different? You got to find ways to I gotta work make it, it happen, in. I've been yeah. reading the sixth Harry Potter book for the past like way too long. I just time. finished uh, my last book and I'm starting uh, Patrick Rothfuss' Name in the Wind right there. Very cool. I'm very That's excited. awesome. That has definitely been on my on my list. Yeah, me too. That's why He's I'm awesome. just getting cracking on it. It's like, ooh, I'm going to sit down and read and then when do I have time? Talk about yeah. heroes of beardom. Yeah. <laughs> um, at... As always, guys, I'm at John Gaberson. You're at DC Pearson. At DC Pearson yeah. If you want to tweet at us meals that you guys have made oh, or like yeah, simple cool. food hacks, that would be a fun thing, like minor cooking things like that oil sweat thing or making garlic butter. Um, guys, this was the 99th episode. Next week is the 100th episode. And for the 100th episode, I'm going to have my wife on. So Tiffany is going to be my guest, and she's going to answer questions about me that you guys ask. That's so awesome. tweet at me with questions for Tiffany, and we'll call it hashtag questions for Tiffany, uh, or cues for T. Let's say it. Uh, hashtag Q, <laughs> Q4T. <laughs> It makes no sense. Now it's Q40. <laughs> uh, just send me a question, or you can email them to highandmightypodcast at gabrus.com, and uh, I'll have Tiffany answer all of your questions that you ask. That I feel like tremendous. this is a terrible idea. As always, <laughs> rate me five stars, roast me in the comments, buy yourself a t-shirt at gabrus.com slash shirts, buy some fucking DC Pearson novels for fuck's sake. Please. Um, I could recommend- Oh, also Mystery Team's on uh, Netflix right now. Yes, Mystery Team's on Netflix. Holy shit, I saw that at the fucking Angelica <laughs> like God knows how long ago oh man you guys looked young in that movie I saw oh, the, yeah, yeah. I saw time. the thumbnail uh, going through Netflix <sighs> recently and I was like holy shit well it was like at the time it was like okay and we're gonna play young we're, we're like have haircuts and you're like dressed kids, like kids yeah. and then it's like and then it's like and we'll never feel, we'll, and then now it's like <laughs> yeah. oh no but we looked there was no juxtaposition happening. right right like you guys children. always looked young I mean I, I can't say always <laughs> like you guys used to really used look to look young, young. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you look like humans more or less um, DC thanks so much for coming over and doing this bye man. bye shitheads That was a HeadGum Podcast.